I'm like going to battle without a gun, huh? <laughs> well, I want to say thank you to all of you who shared already this morning. We've had uh, lots to think about, lots of inspiration, and uh, lots to motivate and encourage our thoughts and the things of Christ and What a blessing. Also thought maybe I'd just uh, share a brief word of thankfulness to the Lord um, for His faithful care in our lives, in my life. Uh, Maybe it might be a small thing, but yet God does care about the the things that we face in life. On Friday evening at the uh, at the end of our business day, we, a few of us at our business, had a bit of a discussion on a situation, uh, problematic, we, I'll call it a problematic situation in the business that needed attention. Uh, some of our business... Uh, Structure needed adjustment. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> so it's Friday evening and I knew I was on schedule to preach today and I, of course, wrestled a bit with having divided uh, um, focus and uh, pondered it through the evening some had some other activities going, and uh, as I um, often do, I wake up a little early when I got a lot on my mind, and so I did wake up a bit on the early side Saturday morning, and and I did have an early, early uh, an semi-earlier morning meeting as well, and so I'm up and I'm thinking, okay, what do I focus on? And I'm wrestling with my focus. One half of me is wanting to prepare a sermon and another half of me is thinking about this problem that needs a solution. And, uh, and yeah, praying, seeking God. And, and all of a sudden, some things started coming to mind and I grabbed a pen and Start writing, and just like that, I had on a paper in front of me a solution to the problem. And when I was all done writing, where did it come from? <laughs> uh, even afterwards, it's like, where did that all suddenly come from? It wasn't a development of thought, and and it just suddenly it's there. Here's the pen. And I realized the Lord was gracious and uh, gave me a solution. It needed a bit of refinement as the rest of the uh, team reviewed it, but it gave us the basis we needed to uh, correct a, uh, uh, a business uh, need. <clears throat> so I... I thank God for that, and then there was still a, a, a an employment need in the business, a part-time situation that I felt like it'd be good to have a a person to fill. And I had reached out to someone about midweek this past week and described the, what I'm looking for, and and uh, told him if that's interest, he shall let me know or just reach out to me, and we can talk further. And several days went by, and I didn't hear anything, and I thought, okay, I should have made it maybe clear that you should let me know either way. I thought, well, if there is no response, that means he's not interested. And Saturday mid-morning, I get a phone call, and this individual expresses an interest. (laughs) And so uh, I, uh, again, realized that, uh, God's care for us. Uh, and so, 
I uh, I thank the Lord for His faithfulness, His care for us in the day-to-day matters of life. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Maybe before I get into the message, if you're able, stand with me and we'll pray together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, again, we are grateful this morning. We are here in your presence. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the inspirations that you have given various brothers to share here today already. Thank you, Lord. May those inspirations uh, be uh, continue to uh, motivate us in our worship and in our love for you, in our obedience to you, in our yieldedness to you, Father. We are so grateful to you, Lord, for even just as we read over that list of the names or the uh, the things uh, that describe Jesus. We are so grateful to you, Father, for for all of that. Just such a vast inspiration of truth that uh, we can glean. So thank you, Lord. Bless now this hour, Father. Bless each one present. Continue to minister to us. Continue to give us uh, tools for the journey. So, Lord, again, may your kingdom come. May your will be done here in this service, Lord, even as it is done in heaven. We ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> to introduce my subject, you can turn to Second Corinthians chapter 8. I'm going to read the first four verses to begin. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction... The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. I'm going to stop there for now. Our title comes from this uh, verse 4, toward the end of the verse there, it says, The fellowship of the ministering to the saints. There could be several ways I could title this message. It could be titled, The Fellowship of Burden Bearing. Uh, it could be, t- I could just simply use the title as it's stated there, The Fellowship of Ministering to the Saints. Um In Galatians, I think it is, chapter 6, the verse says something like this, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, So this morning, our subject is on uh, on burden bearing in the sense, and, and this scripture, the context of this scripture is, is financial, bearing uh, uh, financial burdens of, of others who are in need. Uh, and that is largely the, the, the uh, direction that I'm going this morning. I realize that there are uh, financial needs is just one aspect of life uh, where we as individuals can minister to someone else. Uh, but uh, today, that is our focus. Uh, the fellowship of burden-bearing. <clears throat> they use that word here, fellowship of ministering to the saints. I'd like to get uh, more context to this scripture, and we will come back to Second Corinthians. But for now, let's go to Acts chapter 11.
So here in Acts chapter 11, uh, we have the beginning of the chapter. This is uh, just a few comments to give us the context. Beginning of the chapter, uh, Peter uh, came back after uh, being at Cornelius' house and bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. Peter comes back to the church and uh, the people gather together and Peter uh, explains how the Lord worked to get him to go to the Gentile, uh, to, the, to a Gentile's house and uh, go in and eat with him, and, uh, which up to that point was still uh, pretty much a no-no to a Jew, and uh, God was needing to open their hearts. So, uh, when we get down to... Uh, well, in verse, in chapter nine, excuse me, in verse 19, uh, we, we learn how the, uh, church or the believers were scattered. Uh, now they, in verse 19, now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as, uh, Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but only to the Jews. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, let's just continue reading. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas to go as, that he should go as far as Antioch who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were uh, called Christians first in Antioch. And here's where the uh, the context that it relates more to our message begins. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. <clears throat> okay, so uh, a prophet came and and prophesied that there would uh, there was coming a dearth in the in 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 all the world and. Uh, and, and it came to pass, it happened in the days of uh, Claudius Caesar. Uh, and then in verse 29 and 30 also uh, interjects there how the church responded to that uh, when it happened. And then chapter 12 picks up again with current events. Uh, cha- uh, verse 29 and 30 are kind of uh, just... just uh, Words, uh, verses that describe how the church responded at a later time when that actual dearth actually happened. Because uh, there was uh, probably almost 14 years be- uh, from the time the prophecy was given here and the time the actual dearth took place. Uh, so then when we get over to uh, this scripture that we read in in Second Corinthians, uh, that's the context. Then it's this this dearth that uh, took place, uh, and Second Corinthians uh, chapter eight and nine speak to the subject of how the church responded, and also Romans fifteen um, twenty five to twenty eight speaks to it. Um, maybe we'll just, uh, maybe we'll, let's read, read more of this context. So we read, uh, Second Corinthians 8 verses 1 to 4, uh, and in this case, 
in Second Corinthians here, Paul in writing is uh, using uh, the brethren, the churches in Macedonia as an example of Christians who gave liberally and is using that example to challenge uh, other other Christians, uh, and in this case, uh, the church at Corinth. So he's uh, he's describing to uh, as he's right to to his listeners how the church uh, churches of Macedonia responded to this uh, uh, dearth and the needs that came out of this dearth. <clears throat> so that's uh, let's pick up now in verse five and and this they did not as we hoped but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. So he he's uh, uh, exhorting other Christians to respond in a similar way, and and even uh, sent Titus and encouraged Titus to exhort them to respond in a similar way to the needs of the day. Therefore, as ye abound in everything in faith and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. And so the the grace of giving to others who have a true need is, he's holding it up kind of alongside of their other gifts, their gifts of faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and diligence, and love, and, and saying, let this grace also abound among you. He says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know that, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. I think I'll read down to verse 12. We'll be back and forth in this context throughout the message. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of those, out of that which ye have, out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. I think I'll stop there. Uh, If we look at, uh, let's just go over to chapter 9 for the moment. Chapter 9, verse 1. For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready. Lest happily, if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as a matter of covetousness. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. So, maybe just a little more context to what was happening here in Corinth. Uh, uh, the church at Corinth, apparently a year earlier already, had r- responded very uh, positively, very aggressively, in fact, saying that they were going to help. They were going to help the poor, uh, those who were uh, uh, needy because of the dearth. But it was a year later, and they hadn't done it yet. And uh, he, he, he speaks here of how he used their testimony to provoke others, 
And now he's having to come back around and send someone to remind them that they carry carry through with their commitment to help, lest he is embarrassed because he lifted them up as a, as a, an example of being zealous. And and uh, and here we are a year down the road, and they still don't have what they said they were going to do give. So that's kind of the context, kind of the picture that we have here. Um, and then uh, let's uh, go to Romans and just. Uh, Take a look at that as well. Romans 15. Beginning in verse 25. Romans 15, verse 25. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia, to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. Wherefore, when therefore I have performed this, and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. And I'm going to stop there. Uh, so Paul was, uh, uh, I believe it was back there in the book of Acts where it says that, uh, yes, verse 30, the last verse of chapter 11, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Saul and Barnabas, uh, Barnabas and Saul. So Paul, Saul, was one of those who was given the responsibility of gathering the collections that the churches had for those who were suffering in Jerusalem and take it and get it to where it needed to go. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we uh, a little later in the message. So, uh, the fellowship of burden-bearing. <clears throat> you know, this, this, was a, this was a true need, uh, and I'm not sure why... Uh, specifically, uh, the prophecy was that there's going to be a dearth in all the world. Um, I didn't uh, research that any to see if it if it's if it's if there's anything in the wording there that that it would actually have indicated it to be a certain area or not. But uh, the way it's uh, just simple understanding, it was going to be a widespread. But somehow, uh, these folks in Achaia and uh, Antioch and other places uh, at least seemed to be faring better than those in Jerusalem at that point. And uh, they recognized the, the, the need to uh, help uh, meet the need of those who were suffering. <clears throat> and like I said, there was probably about 14 years from the time the prophecy was given, uh, which was given probably around AD 43, and the actual uh, dearth came about in AD 56, 57, at least that's when they were responding to it. So, fellowship. Um, fellowship of burden-bearing or fellowship of... Uh, what... what um, What is fellowship? Fellowship is uh, association, it's community, it's partnership, it's sharing together. Uh, just reviewing our title a little bit. It's the idea that uh, we are in this together. And that's the, that's the concept that we pick up from uh, these churches here. Uh, we are, we care. Uh, we're going to, we're, uh, we're one of you, and if you're suffering, we're going to do what we can to alleviate that suffering. Fellowship of burden bearing. What's a burden? Well, I think we all know what burdens are, and, uh, uh, I think it was mentioned in the children's class something about, don't remember the context exactly, but something about money and that it sure is helpful if you have some, uh, so burden bearing we 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 all know there's various types of burdens but if there's not enough of food that is a burden isn't it 
if there is uh, no money to buy food or there is no food to be bought, that is a burden. And we, we know that uh, those types of situations exist in, in the world probably uh, to some level at all times, you know, in some place or another. Uh, It varies at times from where it is in the world, but there's probably rarely that there's not some part of the world where there is there are people who are carrying burdens, uh, not able to meet the needs of their families, and and you know uh, go to bed at night not knowing how will we get tomorrow's food, how will I get what my children need. Uh, Those are realities that uh, that the world faces. And has faced throughout time uh, was mentioned about Ukraine, and probably uh, yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, people who had what they needed and and uh, suddenly it's gone. Uh, <clears throat> suddenly it's uh, they're uh, they're carrying a heavy load. Not sure uh, where how things will hold out. For them, the fellowship of burden bearing. The word bearing simply means to undergo or to experience or to suffer. So, uh, basically, uh, bearing the burden, undergoing the burden with someone else, coming under the load of the burden with someone else. Maybe it's not your burden. You know, uh, it really isn't. Uh, at the moment, we are not experiencing the burden that uh, some of those folks there in Ukraine are in surrounding areas. But in small ways, and I read about it and I see, uh, see the responses where those of us who are not undergoing the burden that they're undergoing, we can in small ways enter in with them and send medical supplies, send food for those who don't have food, uh, undergo the burden with them. And it's a small thing, really, to undergo the burden with them. To partner together in carrying the burden of another. You know, in this uh, this, uh, scriptural context, the church... uh, Obviously, this is the word of God, and we're looking at how the church responded to the need. Uh, I don't know if the government responded to the need of the day or not, (laughs) Uh, but we do see how the church responded. And that is actually uh, something for us, uh, and part, maybe even partly of uh, part uh, of the, uh, uh, the burden in sharing messages like this is that we as a people would, would uh, embrace that opportunity and and recognize it as our responsibility as the people of God, as a church, uh, to take upon ourselves the ministering to the needs of others and not just figure the government will do it. Uh, and that was probably the, uh, and is this kind of a concept and burden, I believe, that motivated the uh, Anabaptists a few, a few, about two or so generations ago to make an appeal to our government to not, uh, that it's their responsibility to care for our own and not the government's. And the uh, plea and the request to be exempt from the Social Security program and not have the government taking care of the elderly and the, and the uh, medical and the other needs, but as the people of God to rally together and do it ourselves has been uh, the burden of some over the years. That uh, And so that's part of the, the uh, uh, burden of a message like this, to keep that kind of a concept fresh in our hearts, that uh, we don't just decide, oh, well, the government will take care of it and we can... Uh, just live our lives, but that we would actually embrace this whole uh, concept of of uh, 
being one who bears the burden of others and looking for the opportunities and and uh, being involved in in the kingdom that way. <clears throat> one of the things that, uh, again, going back to these scriptures that we read, uh, this matter of burden bearing in second. Uh, Going back to Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter eight, verse uh, verse one. He, uh, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Um, that's one verse that it would be. Uh, it'd be nice if that verse could have its English updated a little bit. Uh, We do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. This, this, uh, Paul uh, describes this as a, a grace of God at work in their lives. And, uh, uh, the fact that they carried on their hearts the need that was current in their day. He describes it as uh, evidence of the grace of God at work in their lives. And and uh, just like he had said, and I had referred to it earlier there in, in uh, verse 6 and 7, he says that ye would abound in this grace also. He, he calls this a grace uh, in the life of a believer to uh, to have that kind of a, Heart and that kind of a posture of heart that is alert and awake to the needs of of others and uh, is quick to respond to that and realizing that uh, we are blessed and we have plenty and someone else has a need and I ha- I have what it takes to meet that need. <clears throat> like I said, he compared it in, in a sense, held it up beside faith and knowledge and diligence and utterance and all those kind of things. Already quoted uh, Galatians 6, 2, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, when the grace of God is at work in our lives, there'll be, there'll be some of that desire to meet the needs uh, of others. <clears throat> in verse 8, he says, I speak not Second uh, uh, Corinthians 8, verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. He, he kind of puts it out there as, as a, uh, that it's in a sense this matter of, of uh, uh, giving to the need, to those who were in need is a, is a demonstration of the proof of their love. Uh, and that he, uh, he, it's, it's something we can allow to challenge our hearts. Do, do we love? Can we love and not care for those who are in need and not give, uh, to those who are in need? Or is it a demonstration of our love also or lack of if we respond or don't respond to needs and opportunities that are before us? And in a sense, he, he, verse 9 there, uh, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, uh, uses that same uh, analogy of how this grace was in Christ. He was, and he's not using dollars and cents examples here, but thinking of who Christ was and what was his, and and he left it all so that he could bless us and kind of challenges us with that same thought that uh, we might uh, we might feel like, well, I earned this, I worked hard for it. Well, Christ left what was his to bless us. Can we leave a little bit of ours to bless someone else is kind of the idea. <clears throat> so, uh, burden bearing is evidence of God's grace at work in our lives. So then uh, the question, how wealthy must I be to bear the burden of another? 
let's go to verse 10 here. In verse 11, he says, And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to, to do, but also to be forward a year ago, or be willing a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. Now, did you ever hear the, the, the saying that, um, how does it go? It's the thought that counts. <laughs> does that work in this one? <laughs> so if you thought about it, they thought about it, right? They, in their minds, were willing. But uh, that didn't quite cut it, did it? It didn't quite take care of the matter. Paul says, now, therefore, perform the doing of it. Yes, you did think about it. Yes, you were willing a year ago. Yes, you said you will. Now, do it. Um, so the thought didn't count. <clears throat> and in verse 12, he says, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Uh, and that is always the case in the kingdom of God. Uh, it's... It's not a matter of, you know, it's not a matter of uh, how much I am able to contribute. It's a matter of uh, a willing mind and doing what I can. Uh, the focus is not on a given amount, but on a uh, willing heart and and not giving grudgingly or of necessity. And in chapter 9, verse 7, and I believe we read this verse already, Every man according as he hath purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Um, so, uh, there is not a real good blessing in giving grudgingly. Uh, but rather of a willing heart. Rather than giving grudgingly, rather have the attitude and posture of heart that I get to. I I have opportunity. Uh, you know, I think all of us would probably much rather today be sitting in the seat of opportunity to give to our friends and brothers and sisters in Ukraine, for example, than to sit in this, their seat and need to be uh, given to. Uh, I think if we had a choice, we would choose our seat over theirs, right? Uh, so, I get to. Uh, <clears throat> you evaluate. You look at the need. You look at how God has blessed you. And then you determine out of your own heart in what you've got, how much, how you can minister to the need that is before you. <clears throat> so, how wealthy must I be? You don't have to be wealthy. A little bit, and I didn't quote that verse or look it up, but the one about the widow with a few mites uh, and threw in, and the Lord commended her for having done more than all those men who threw in their wealth. You know, with God, his economy works totally different than, than the worldly economies. And when there's a willing heart, a little bit goes a long way in the kingdom of God. It's not about the big amounts per se. <clears throat> all right, are there any Bible principles to guide my giving? Um In, in chapter 8 here, verse 13, he goes on and says, For I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be an equality. And I, I know that, uh, that, you know, we look at a scripture like that and, 
and we look at uh, just the situation uh, with this uh, gentleman in Tanzania that Brother Dave asked prayer for, and uh, if we look at how what he has in his possession and and how rigorously he works uh, to try and etch out a living in that arid climate there, and we compare that with what I have here or you have here, we would have to say there is nothing close to equality, wouldn't we? We would. We'd have to admit that. And yet, uh, and and uh, we 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 own these scriptures. Uh, we also we recognize that the solution wouldn't be to uh, take uh, a great big portion of of what we have here and go and put give it to him. It would be the demise of him. We recognize that as well. Uh, but there is this uh, there is this call to okay. The, so the context of this is. He's not saying that, okay, now, uh, so here are some very poor folks. There's there's a great dearth. They're not able to get enough of food. And you have food in your pantry. He's not saying take all your food and give all of your food to them. And now the t- scale tipped the other way. Now you don't know what you're going to feed your family tomorrow. And they have food for the next three months. Uh, that is not, that's not, that he's not calling us to that either is what he's saying here. Uh but that if we have, as it says here, uh, that now at this time, your abundance. So right here at this time, you have sufficient. You have more than you need. They don't have enough. And they, they don't have a means to get enough. And take some of your abundance and give it to them uh, and meet their need. <coughs> And one of the things to remember in giving is that, uh, you know, in general, uh, you and I are not the only person to meet a need. And that's a blessing. Uh, there are, uh, just like take Ukraine, for example, uh, there are many, many, many people who can contribute to that kind of an opportunity. And, and it, uh, it's not like you have to drain all your resources to meet their needs. Uh, there's there's uh, there's many that can share together. But there is the uh, the whole principle of uh, uh, in chapter nine, verse six, where he says, "But I say, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully." He's using that analogy here to uh show us uh, or to yeah to show us or to compare to compare giving with sowing um, kind of like you're sowing good deeds and if you sow your good deeds sparingly if you are uh, very uh uh, uh Reserved, and you, and you, 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 you realize there's a need, but you just give just a tiny little bit, and you don't want to give much, and uh, you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. The, re- the blessings and the rewards will, will be spare, sparingly come back to you also. Uh, so that's a principle that surrounds this uh, whole matter of of bearing one another's burdens. That if we uh, if we if we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly, and that's actually a broad principle. It goes into practically any avenue of life. You know, uh, brother sharing his testimony shared about his relationship with God getting getting uh, uh, dry, and and then rather than sowing abundantly, doing things uh, intensively to uh, He's, he's sowed less, and so he reaped less. And finally, when you get the grips of it, well, I sowed less, so I'm going to reap less. You know, life is that way. In uh, I suspect some of you probably found it that way in your uh, marriage relationships. You know, you, when you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You 
kind of get out of what you put in it, right? Sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. It's a principle of the kingdom. So, uh, and it applies in these things, in sharing in the burdens of others, in giving of our resources to meet the needs of others. <clears throat> Proverbs 11.25 says, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. The same idea, same principle. So sparingly you reap sparingly. You water, you'll be watered. You'll be liberal, and it'll, it'll come back to you. And there would be various other scriptures uh, that would... Uh, Maybe just look at, I'll take a quick look at Luke here, Luke uh, 6.38 as one example in the New Testament. Luke 6.38, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. Uh, it's It's... Just one of those principles that God has put into place that the more we, the more we, uh, try to retain things to ourselves, uh, the less, uh, the less blessing and benefit come back to us. And the more we are uh, liberal in, 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 uh, blessing and benefiting other needs, uh, other opportunities that are in our lives, the uh, it comes back to bless us. A principle of uh, the kingdom of Christ. <clears throat> and just thinking about the blessings a bit. Uh, the blessings and the rewards of 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 giving are are many. Second Corinthians again nine verse ten uh, says now he that ministereth seed to the sower both ministers both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Uh, again wording maybe a little bit hard to understand, but it's this concept that we've been talking about. So you Minister seed to the sower, you, uh, uh, and it doesn't only provide seed, it, it provides food and it, and it uh, multiplies and it, it expands, uh, increase the fruits of your righteousness. <coughs> and verse 11 to 13, being enriched in everything that in all bountifulness which causeth through us, thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth to the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Uh, so there he's, he's uh, kind of capitalizing on some of the blessings of it. It's not just the fact that you helped feed someone who was hungry. God, uh, the person who was hungry, thanks and blesses God because somebody gave him food. Somebody gave him what he needed. And, uh, and, and the result is, as he says here, abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. The result is a lot of worship and praise to God because someone was obviously willing to meet the need of another. Uh, God is glorified. And much praise and worship uh, it comes his way because of uh, the, uh, someone took the opportunity to meet another need. <clears throat> and notice verse 14, And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, these folks that you ministered to are praying for you. They long after you. Their heart's desire is that the exceeding grace of God would be in you. Now, that is a blessing, isn't it? <laughs> so he's describing what happens. He's kind of bringing this thing full circle. You know, they had a need. 
you responded to the need. They're, they were rejoicing in their need being met. And now they are praying for you and praying a blessing back on you because you met their need. Uh, and uh, praying that you would uh, be a recipient of the exceeding grace of God. What, uh, what more could we want? Uh, And somehow he describes it as an unspeakable gift there. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I guess the, uh, the, this whole process that we've looked at and, and, and how God intertwines so many blessings in all directions when these, when this kind of a uh, process is happening is a, is a rich thing, really. In everyone's experience, <clears throat> so the blessings of the re- and the rewards are many. Um, just like we uh, noticed in Luke six thirty-eight, the same measure that ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. You know, you, you, uh, you give, you be active in ministering, and the blessings come back to you in various ways thinking that verse in Matthew where it says something to the effect that a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple will in no, li- no wise lose its reward. And in other words, again, just thinking of the small things. It doesn't necessarily always have to be a big thing that you minister to. Even the small things will not lose their reward. All right. Just a, maybe a, a word on handling the gifts and the alms that I uh, saw in this scripture as I was thinking, of, uh, looking through this a bit. Second uh, Corinthians eight, verse sixteen to twenty-four. Uh, let's read that. Second Corinthians eight, verse sixteen. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care in the heart of Titus for you, for indeed he accepted the exhortation. But being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you, and we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches, and not that only, but who also, who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace. And this grace that he's talking about is the, the gifts uh, of, uh, to minister to the needy saints which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. Avoiding this, that no man should blame us in this abundance, which is administered by us. Providing for things honest, provi- providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. Whether any of you do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, or our brethren be inquired of, they are the messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. Wherefore, show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. Okay. Uh, So... In this situation, uh, it seems that Paul, uh, thinking about how, uh, to, how these, your gifts, we, I think there's some carefulness actually needed, and we'll, I'll try to expound on this a little bit, on how you, how you give. And, uh, here, they're talking about how they handled their gifts. Uh, so Titus was sent, uh, to, uh, the churches at Corinth, at least that's who Paul is writing to here. And there was uh, another brother sent with him, verse 18. And we have sent with him the brother, didn't give him a name, but the brother whose praise is in the gospel. And then notice in verse 22, he says, and we have sent with them our brother whom we have oft times proved diligent in many things. So, it appears there was three individuals that were sent to the churches to, to receive the offerings that were given, bring them back to wherever Paul was, and then 
and this is the best, not saying my understanding is totally accurate, but this is kind of what I gather. They were bringing it back to where Paul was, and then Paul and Barnabas, along with some of these other men, took took it to the poor saints in Jerusalem. Uh, so, uh, there is a carefulness in how they handled it. They were, uh, uh, like he said here, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. So they were uh, they were uh, careful to have uh, several individuals involved, so as to uh, not have any questions come up as to what happened with this money, how much was actually given, and how much got there. You know that kind of thing. Uh, did you keep any of it for yourself? It seems they they were careful to uh, uh, that there that it, that it was done properly and. Uh, and when we think about uh, our alms, our gifts, uh, we're wise to be a bit careful uh, how we actually give. Th- uh, just think about it uh, back there in Acts chapter uh, six. I think I, I think I'm right there. Anyway, it's a context where the church um, needed uh, deacons. There was a uh, there was some lacking in the daily ministration. And so they chose out deacons. They put people in charge to take care of the of the offerings of the people. Uh, they put people in charge of that responsibility. So, you know, there's there's a there's a host of opportunities and a host of ways to give. And and um, yeah. Many of them are good and fine, but there's also wisdom in being careful. Uh, careful to, uh, careful how much, uh, you might give to someone, something, some per se organization that you might not know well, you might not know their, uh, uh, structure, whether there is accountability in place that not one individual can swindle, uh, some of that money out of of the system and, you know, all those kind of things. Uh, I think that's very, very right. You know, the the your gifts are gifts to the Lord. And uh, and I realize that if people mishandle them, it's that is on their account. But it. It's wise for us to also be wise <laughs> and uh, be careful a bit. Um, and yeah, not not everything you give has to go through the church. Uh, there's just there's a host of ways. I remember uh, a few years back, one of our cashiers at our business, a customer came through. I don't remember the dollar amount, but handed over a, a, do, a might have been a twenty. I'm not sure, uh, ten. I, I don't know what it was, but handed over a little bit of money and said, "Hey, uh, you you." You give, you give this, you put this towards someone's bill today. So whoever you choose, someone that comes through here, you give this toward their bill. That's a blessing. That's a blessing when people do things like that. I've heard of people uh, uh, being in the grocery checkout line and someone uh, uh, just stepping up and saying, I'm going to pay your bill. I'm going to pay the bill here. I've heard of different things like that. Um, so there's a, mu- a multitude of ways to give. You know, not everything has to go through the deacon <laughs> at the church. Uh, so let's not miss those opportunities either. But then there are also those things. I've been, uh, I was uh, swindled out of some money uh, where I thought I was doing a good deed. Uh, it was just a small amount, but I, I learned rather quickly. And this goes back to the very early days of our Cedars of Lebanon ministry in Lebanon, where uh, some guy recognized my vulnerability and and he had a good story, and he needed a, he needed some money, so he had a place to sleep or something. I forget what it was, and uh, I won't tell you the whole story. I'm almost embarrassed about it, but I, I woke up to realize that that guy just took me across real, real nicely. Uh, wasn't big amounts, but was more than he needed. <laughs> uh, so we learn, <clears throat> but. Uh, <clears throat> 
<clears throat> so yeah, uh, and obviously with th- with today's uh, electronic giving, uh, we're wise to be careful. Uh, you know, there's oh, what's that name of that popular giving thing that comes up on GoFundMe? Yeah, it it shows up many many times, and and I'm not against GoFundMe. I think it can be good, but. Ah, you got to be careful. <laughs> got to be careful. It is giving without a, much accountability. Uh, someone could pretty easily uh, finagle something in those kind of situations. So, uh, anyhow, yeah, we are wise to be careful. But in closing, it is God's will that the fellowship of burden bearing is thriving among his people. That we would, uh, wouldn't just sit back and figure that it's the responsibility of governments to meet the needs of their people. But that as we see their suffering, as we see their legitimate needs, that we would, uh, be, a, uh, be uh, alive in this grace also and uh, reach out and uh, minister. Um, it could be, uh, could be in many different ways. Uh, people with disabilities, people with uh, medical needs, people that have had tragedies, uh, national upheavals, uh, just overall poor... Uh, Economic conditions in a part of the world, poverty, uh, uh, droughts, you know, uh, many, many things that come along. And, uh, and especially, and again, I, I, I remember the day when I, uh, there was a time when I thought you, giving is always right. You give, you give every hour, you know. There's a time when I, when I uh, became aware of the fact that you can actually give to the, to the detriment of a person. Or of a people or whatever. And that, I remember when I had to come to grips with that. It was like, I was always on, uh, uh, my mind, I always had this idea that giving is a blessing. You give. You, you, you're, you're blessed. Uh, it's, and to actually come to the grips with the fact that you can actually give to the detriment of the person you give to, uh, was a kind of a jar for me, but that's reality. And that's where I, uh, I appreciate a lot the, Things like the SALT program that Christian Aid has and various other cell, uh, programs where they've not, where they don't focus on giving a fish, but focus on helping people learn to fish, you know, that kind of thing, that, uh, using that analogy. Uh, <clears throat> so there's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's wisdom needed, but May it be, may we be known as the people of God to be when there, when the need is discerned and there is a true need that we are there and we are quick to respond and, and, uh, the fellowship of burden bearing that we would uh, embrace that fellowship in that way as well. All right. If you are able, uh, kneel with me and uh, we'll pray, close with prayer. <clears throat> Again, our Father, we thank you. Thank you for the freedom to assemble here, to open the scriptures, to allow our hearts to be inspired, challenged, and changed as we contemplate uh, truth from your word. Thank you, Lord, again. Thank you for all who are here. Ask a blessing on each one present. Ask a blessing on any who had a desire to be here but were not able. And Lord, again, also thank you for this day of uh, that is set aside in many ways for worship. Uh, thank you for that and pray a blessing on people across the world who are meeting in their various places and ways and where the kingdom of God is preached, that uh, the word of God would go forward, forth in the hearts of people and uh, bear fruit. We pray for the those who are living in persecuted areas where they're not able to meet openly. Pray that you're church would be built there and continue to be built, that they would uh, be find ways to uh, 
bless and encourage each other as believers. We pray for our fellow believers in Ukraine and the suffering that their country is experiencing. And their, uh, we pray for them. Pray that in this uh, in this time of uh, great trial, that they would find grace from you and help from you to be strong, and Lord to give hope to the lost around them. Uh, Father, bless them. Bless the church there. Bless uh, those who may have fled to other countries. Uh, Many unsettling things for them and their children, their lives. Lord, continue to bless and strengthen them. Lord, also, uh, as we have opportunity, help us to know and understand the opportunities to take advantage of them, to seize the moments and bless someone with the things you have blessed us with and to be able to meet someone's need. Uh, Father, Guide us in those things. Help us to have open hearts uh, to you and uh, to the to the needs in our world today. Lord, again, may your kingdom come. May your will be done in our lives, even as it is done in heaven. For we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. <coughs> <coughs>